for joining me in the 6, 8 or 10 podcast, especially during these tough times. Hopefully we can help a little bit to get you through them. In this episode, I'm joined by my former gaffer and one of my good mates, Paul McNeil. Paul's golden. He's a, he's an absolute enthusiast of the game. He loves it. His passion oozes out, as you'll probably find out throughout this podcast. And if you already know him, then you know this. Um, but not only that, he's a great guy. Uh, and one um, who I just love speaking to. Uh, I'm still very fortunate that I get to speak to him on a daily basis. Um, and did so for, for eight years when he sat across from me and we used to tell each other jokes and, and stories and, and speak about football. Um, and believe it or not, it was quite tough getting him on um, because he is the busiest man on the planet. So in this episode, uh, you'll hear us touching on knowing each other for 11 years and um, the support we've kind of gave each other throughout them years, uh, he supported me through thick and thin, um, and I, I, I tilt my hat to him for that, and really do appreciate it. Um, as I said, we, we used to speak football every day, um, so this for me is, uh, is gold just to get some of these stories out there, um, albeit some of the more explicit ones have been kept. Uh, you should probably do his own stand-up show for that one, to be honest with you. Um, but... In this episode, he takes us on his journey um, from being a kid at Love Street um, all the way to Dundee for university, um, from embracing his dyslexia after a really tough time with in childhood and, and showing it to be inspiring um, for people around about him. Um, he talks about his love for the game and, and how he's now involved, how he got involved in coaching and how he's now involved in, in taking his son's team, something um, we never thought. Well, he never really thought it would happen, but really did happen. Um, we touch on his, his love for uh, the game, for the podcast that he listens to. Uh, and some, some Jerry Cinnamon. He's a big Jerry Cinnamon fan. Um, and he absolutely loves GBX at the moment, which has taken him way back when, um, when he used to have his lovely uh, pair and some of his outrageous outfits. So please sit back. Please embrace his passion for the game. It's so infectious. Um, and and share any stories you've got from. But please take care, stay safe, and bye now. Goodness, where did it all begin? Uh, it's it is it's a difficult one because of course you, you try and you try and go back and you probably think your memories of kind of merge into one. So it's it's really difficult to try and work out where the where the first bit happened. I mean, football was always kind of kicking about. You would see it when you were really young, and you would see people playing in the street and so on and so forth. So I think there's a bit of a merge between probably something like the '82 World Cup. Um, because I would probably be, I would probably be a bit going into P four, 
at that time and I'd already been to a St Mern game so I already knew kind of what was going on so I would say probably that 82 World Cup Panini sticker albums do you know what I mean all that type of stuff people come in with the Espanol tops and all that on Scotland were at it um, so I think that's where, the, uh, that's where the kind of buzz started to happen and then, then you, you just started to play in the street so that, that's probably where the, the, the kind of love or, or, the, or the start of the love affair so to speak, happens. It is, it is. You know what I mean? And then, and then you kind of go from that to to entering into into that bit about that that kind of merge with playing, enjoying it, watching it. So it, there was kind of a parallel in that one. Do you know I mean because I'm a Suburban fan? So you, but, but now you, you people look at Suburban and think, oh my goodness, they're they're a team that kind of yo-yo. They're bottom of the league, so on and so forth. But at that point, Suburban were European nights. I mean, so you were going to big European nights. You were going along on a Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, you always take the streets are black because it was just people just walking towards Love Street um, under the floodlights, which is just quite amazing. Terraces and a European night. But it's not European nights that we, we kind of know now because it's not like the build-up on Sky or BT. Yeah. It's not like they knew the players. You mean the, it was like who's that and and you mean nobody really knew so that was the bit where it, that kind of imprinted on you because you started to become like thinking well that, that this is this is quite amazing and simultaneously then you start playing yeah you start to you start to get a ball and you start to run about on the street and so on and so forth so that's where all that kind of happened mate. Uh, you're talking about the, the European nights and the floodlights, that's special, that, isn't it? Smell the hot dogs, smell the burger van. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's like walking down, you I mean, it's, it's the bit where you, where you kind of go and you, you walk down. I walked down those those roads that night to go and watch some some games, but it was also like the, the build-up. I mean, one of my first ones of, of remembering going into Europe was we played Hearts on the last game of the season. And you're talking probably now, gosh, when, when it was really starting to dawn on you about, you were really starting to take the game series. I'm probably now, now talking like the mid-80s. And I remember we went to a game, now this is the, the Hearts team that eventually went on and ran Celtic close to the league, I'm talking about. So they're no, they're, no, they're no a rubbish team. So we turned up, we had to beat Hearts at home last game of the season and we would get into Europe. But you're talking maybe like fourth in the league at this point, which is quite, you mean, remarkable for Scottish football. Nowadays, we might have finished fourth or fifth, whatever we finished, but we had to beat Hearts. Beat Hearts 5-2. Beat Hearts 5-2 that day, right? We absolutely annihilated. I speak to, I speak to um, Campbell Money, who, of course, works in here with us, and, and Campbell said, we just absolutely ran out of the tap him. But that got us into Europe, and we, we played in, in Europe, and, I, and I'm, I, we, I'm sure that was maybe... Maybe this season we we went out in uh, Hammerby, which is the big H word that nobody ever speaks about in Paisley, because we went out a last minute goal. But well, uh, but you're right. It was it was special nights. It was under the floodlights. It was it was big crowds. It was it was things that you just didn't know. And you couldn't find out. Uh, do you know what I mean? We played Tromso. Where are Tromso from? Do you know what I mean? We couldn't Google that. You know I mean you, you know, it was no Google back then. You know what I mean? You were lying and. The, the, ten, the five minutes, sorry, at the end of the Scottish news to say, Troms are from, and you were going, all right, all right, right, okay, where's that? So, yeah, you're right, it was, it was, it was special nights um, growing up, and, and it just, it, it kind of just made you appreciate 
what, what was going on, that kind of standing in the, t- standing in the terrace. And, ah, kind of like that. Aye, getting shoved in the front, sitting in the wall, no idea where your parents were, no idea where your dad were. You were kind of going, where, where is he? No. But, no, brilliant, absolutely you, brilliant. You aye, 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 <laughs> aye, you knew you'd get him, you just had to fall. Aye, you need to get back to the local boozer and yeah. they'd all be in there and they go, oh, well, I forgot about you, sorry. I like that, how you do remember me, I was the guy down the front. I was the guy down the front. I mean, aye, aye, so aye, come on, come on, let's go up the road. No, I remember them well. I think the first time I stood in the terrace was for Hill. Aye, for Hill, for Hills. Aye. We used to stand and I was down the front, I think my heat was just lower than the bar. Aye, aye. I used to stand under the bar. Oh, so, yes. Oh, step back, son, I'm like... Brilliant, brilliant. I always had this I'll do man, I'll just run on. Aye, I know, you always thought you could, you could always think, isn't it? you would be on the, you get your daddy lift you on to your, on the crash <laughs> barrier, wouldn't it? So you get a wee, but then that was really thin and cold, and we were saying, oh, can I get off this now? And I'll just go down the wall. <laughs> but it was different, it was a different generation. I mean, I always say that, for some bizarre reason, somebody wanted to spe- sell uh, macaroon bars and spearmint chewing gum. That's, I mean, I always remember going to St. Martin and Love Street, and people remember it, this wee guy used to walk about, Spearmint chewing gum, spearmint macaroon bars, and you think, what strange thing to sell in a football ground? It was just weird. It was just weird, but it, it was weird in a really, really good way. It was, it just, it was just, it was just a good thing to go and do. Ah, it was, it was good. It was good. Met a lot of people. You sat with your mates, and it, it was just good fun. It was just good fun. Enjoyed it. Well, you spoke briefly there, just about you started playing. Mm-hmm. How did that all come about? How, how did your, your um, as you've played I know with, it is, but I'm prodding. Aye, I know, I know. You've played with me, and, and I'm, I'm rubbish. So, um, Pacey. Aye, Pacey. Quick. No, I wasn't Pacey back then either. Feisty. Feisty. Feisty's <laughs> a good word, isn't it? Feisty's a good word. Um, it, but probably the, the same way. I, I, you mean, but that time, as I say, that kind of P4. When you kind of go into that P4, you're kind of out that kind of infants, but that P1, P2, 3 at school, and you come into P4, and it becomes a wee bit more independent. Somebody gets a ball for the, I mean, I'm now talking back in the, the early 80s uh-huh. here, right? So I'm talking the real early 80s, where a ball was like gold dust. Uh-huh. I mean, if you got a ball for your Christmas, you, there was a statue made of you, uh-huh. right? That was, that's where it was. Uh, you were the man, you were the man. Um, so people would have a ball, and we would, and then of course, that's where the tribalism of playground would come in. P7s, they ruled the roost, they got the football pitch, the ash pitch that we had. Uh, the P6s got the, the netball court, <laughs> they, they got the next bit that was kind of good. Aye, aye, and, aye, then, aye. and then the P5s got, got the wee bit of grass and the P4s had to make do with anywhere way you put it. And that, that was how, mm-hmm. how it was kind of the, the kind of jungle rules, so to speak. And all these games would take place um, at lunchtime and, and so on and so forth. And then you kind of move up. Now, we were really lucky. There was, there was a couple of things. At our primary school in particular, our, our Johnny Bell was quite... And I went through the teacher strike, so mm-hmm. so teachers weren't taking teams at that time. There was, yeah. was quite a regular... There was a lot of teacher strikes. We were off. There was definitely not as much involvement into the sport as as, as probably other people might have got from another generation, but we certainly didn't get... But we were lucky our Johnny Bell took a lot to do with it. But he was quite a modernised guy, I mean, even back then. He would he would arrange an event, a wee five aside event, um, but it was you, you, your teams were made up of two P sevens, one P six, one P five, and one P four. But the two P sevens were responsible for finding everything. So when he announced that he, the two P sevens would wander round about and say, "Are you Craig Joyce? Right, you're on my team." And then they would go, "You point." So it was quite a good bit of building community between yeah. the school, a bit of leadership. So you think about these things now that we try and install into young people. 
BP Simmons had to take that. So everybody knew about this, and it was just a wee kind of round-robin type wee thing that we played, and it was really good fun. So I remember getting involved in that from a, a P4, and then you moved up the, the kind of categories in school and so on and so forth. So the first probably bit of involvement is either that kind of P5, P6, where it was the, the school team. So I'm talking way back here. Yeah. Um, I love an aside football, big massive goals, wee tiny kids, ridiculous <laughs> when you think back, and maybe getting a kick at a ball, so on and so forth. Just thank goodness we've moved away from it. But I always remember um, the Johnny Bell sitting down and going, right, OK, going to pick the team. Um, MD wanted to play, and it was one of those ones. It wasn't any trials, it was nothing like that. It was just, right, let's, let's work this out. Which we try and talk about in terms of street football, who can play where? So he went like, right, who can play Who can play in goals? And Michael Allison, I remember, put his on. I'm, I'll get a shot. I no bad in there, right, neighbor. And then there was the kind of glamour positions we were given out. Smudger was, he could play up front. So, yeah, I'll play right wing, and no, I'll play left wing, and we know and Lamond will play. And Rab McBride was like, well, I can play centre forward. And, we risky went into midfield and all that. All the boys that could play fit but knew all their positions and the rest is the kind of ones that were still <laughs> stargazing me um, while looking at the sky. And I remember I went, right, we need a left back. And it was like, stun sign. Who wants to play left back? Maybe, I mean, thank goodness, like so Andy Robertson and Kieran Tainan made that wee bit glamorous now. <laughs> but, but back then, you know what I mean? You were left back. So it was just silence and Smudger just went like, uh, the wee man will play left back. And I went like, who's the wee man? <laughs> and then all the eyes were on me and I'm like, it's a left back um, but Smudge was my best mate he was yeah. a, like the, the best looking boy at the school most yeah. talented, fastest runner, cleverest kid um, and he just went I went right in the bar and um, I always remember Smudge just whispering to me because he was a really nice guy he went, right, um, don't worry about him you just get the ball and get to me mm-hmm. so you need to, I'll do the rest I was like, oh, that seems alright <laughs> and that's what happened I mean, that's what happened mate, that's what happened it just it just started for air. It just was like, right, okay, I'm now in. But it, as, as, as you know as well, that kind of helped me a lot because I had a lot of challenges at primary school. I was really struggling, yeah. uh, unknown, di- uh, unknown dyslexia, and, um, and I was really getting bullied, teased, victimised by teachers, and I just had this opportunity to go on. And although I was rubbish mm-hmm. and I never really got a touch of the ball, I just now and again would win a tackle and get yeah. smudger. And everything was all right, so it, it it became it became a release. It became quite a bit of therapeutic, and, and I just really enjoyed just going and running about. And I think that was the the bit that kind of got me through deep dark days at school yeah. was, do you know something? I might get a game of football, yeah. and, and that that was good for me. That was good for me. That lead into a wee bit of boys club football for you. We were um we were back we were back in the day, mate. We we're back. So there was two kind of two kind of things that. It transpired there was the um, a boy Malky um, McAndrews. Um, he helped out at our um, our school, so he was a volunteer. He helped out a lot, um, but he also ran um, which was known in the day. Which he, he always laughed. Now you can Gallagher Boys Club. He always like everything was boys' clubs, isn't it? Now thank goodness we've managed to change. For that girls were just it was like no, you can't play. It's a boys' club. Which thank goodness we've managed to um, overcome that. But he helped. Um, he helped there and it uh, was just the natural progression that was going to happen. So he basically said, right, uh, and so there was this kind of bit at the tail end of P7 where we all started to kind of just go along yes. on a Monday night, Tuesday night, I think it was, and, and start just to kind of just play in there. And that's where we kind of then moved across. But simultaneously, we had uh, 
I was play, I was uh, in, in the scout movement, and and we played, we played in there as well. So there's these things that were kind of right. simultaneously going, um, and I think that's where you started to realise that that. That it was a wee bit more organised, and 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 it was going to be part of what you would do for a for a long a long period of time. The scouts one was hysterical. It's it, it made me laugh. You mean when I even look back at it now, because we had a I, I had played now I was playing and I was going in there, but the, the scouts bit was a bit that probably was. It, it's probably one of the ones when I look back now. I have I have I don't have great memories of it when I was playing it. Aye. But now when I look back and I've met a few people now and that, that's a bit about reminiscing, isn't it, when you get a bit older, is um, the, the scouts, it was a big boy, Paul Connell. Uh, <laughs> Paul Connell had decided we would enter into the, the Summer Cup at Scouts, right? Oh, God, man. And I always remember him saying, <laughs> even, even when I hang about it, now, I go, oh my God. So the Summer Cup at the Scouts, we'd never entered a team. Our, our, I'd never entered a team into it, so... There was probably about three or four of us that played. Big Reedy, uh, Paul Gallagher, um, and I think Gally's brother, I think Davey Gallagher played or not, if memory serves me right, and myself. And they were the only ones that played. We were we were with Gallagher Boys Club, we played. But the rest of the scout movement didn't play, so it was just yeah. this bit about Paul Connell's a really nice guy. And Paul went, right, all right, I'm going to put us in. And we were all enthusiastic, because we played at the scouts. You know, I mean, and you know what you think when you're there? You're Ronaldo, don't you? You, you forget that you're no, you're just rubbish. So he put us into this thing, and I always remember we get dispensation, which is all the way back there from, from either from not playing with Gallagher or the Scouts. I can't remember what, but there was a big hoo-ha about you're going to go and play for the Scouts. I don't know what it was, but there was something our parents had to write letters back to the Scouts, so on and so forth. Right, forget that, it doesn't matter. So we turned up to play this first... It doesn't matter. But we turned up to play this first game, right? We turned up with our Scouts T-shirts on, right? And random, everybody just had to bring random shorts, random socks, some of you didn't have boots. Aye. And this other team appeared in the pristine kit. Like, Leeds United, you mean white in your lap? Who are they? <laughs> right? And they, all knew, and they all turned up, they all looked immaculate, and we were all there, right? All scout t shirts on. And you're like, what's going on here? And um, we got annihilated. Uh-huh. Like, I'm talking about eight, nine, maybe ten, nothing. It was just goal after goal was flying in. Right? And you're like, this is mental. What are we doing here? But this is probably where even my moral love affair of football came. Paul Connell was one of the nicest human beings I ever lived, and he never was negative. Mm-hmm. Never negative. And I always remember after the game, he went, boy, you see, he's done half run about well today. And I remember I was thinking, we've been part of 10 nothing. Uh-huh. And he was like, good effort, well run. Do you know what I mean? And he just was really positive. Uh, and we just, ah, there was nothing. And I always remember on the Friday, the scout movement, when we used to turn up at the scouts, the Friday was always news. So they used to do all the bit at the start, the formal bit at the start, and then the, the leader of the scouts would go, um, right, tell us um, any news. <laughs> right, so of course, somebody's climbed a mountain, somebody's on first aid, and Paul Connell got up and he was like, he's not going to tell us. And we were all like, short white, because nobody had told him. And he went, I'd just like to congratulate. First game of the football team. Cannot be proud of them. The boys worked so hard on the next game. Really proud. He's nothing about the score. So I was like, three round there, yeah, I thought applause. So we're like, neighbour. So to cut the story a wee bit shorter for you, buddy, was we, um, we went in the next game, 7 nothing. 
six nothing. So we're kind of going. We're going down the way. We're going down the way, right? We're going down the way, and we're still turning up. But these teams are all. So we get the very last game. We haven't scored a goal. There's no way near we've even been <laughs> in contention with a game at all, right? So we get the very last game, right? And um, we turn up, and ironically, the team we're playing on the very last day have won the league, right? So he turns up, and there is a trophy waiting on the side of the pitch, mm -hmm. right? On a wee table, right? And we're playing in this last game. So he turns up, and they all turn up, they're all immaculate again. We've still, we've still got this ridiculous, we haven't changed. And there was a couple of things that Paul was really good at. One thing Paul Connell did was he moved, no matter what was happening, everybody moved positions at right. half-time. So everybody got a shot, playing all over the place, and it was good fun. So you didn't, so didn't have to play at the back, and you were constantly conceding goals. You could get up front and no guy touch the ball, because that was the type of team we were. So it was really good fun. But... We play this game, right? And it's one of these bizarre games. It, it was a, it was like a, a, a Saturday, but it was a wee bit murky, you know, overcast, yeah, yeah. a bit cold. So we start this game and, and this team come at us, right? So no problem. But five minutes in, we're one hundred, done, right? Typical, right? So, we're all right. so Paul's at the side of the pitch. Come on! Yeah, come we'll be fine. Right? No bother. Right? So this team's bumped up, but the game's clicking on and they've no scored another goal. And we're managing to block stuff and... I think it was a boy, if I remember, it was either a boy Michael O'Malley or Stephen Lambert playing goal, it doesn't matter. And he's pulled off a couple of, I wasn't going to, I was going to say world he says, I think he uh, fell at one point and hit his head. It doesn't matter, right? But it looked like a world, like world day, right? But then there's a, we get up the pitch and we get a free kick, right? Just in the edge of the area, right? And it's like shock, it's like uh, somebody, <laughs> get the somebody get the instruction manual, what are we doing? So we're all like that, right? So, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't a very good striker at the ball, so I was kind of just hovering about going, hopefully I don't need to hit it. And I think Paul Gallagher, Davy Gallagher, the two brothers were kind of chatting about it. And the next thing, Big Reedy, Big Reedy was just a big character. Big Reedy came stomping up. What is it? We're like, we've got a free kick. Reedy went out the road and he just battered it. <laughs> I've never seen him to kick a ball so hard. He went, vroom. And you can imagine, because it's wee daft kids and big massive goals just flew in and keep on like that. He didn't even know he was jumping, he couldn't get anywhere near it. Flew in, right? And we all just went, and Reedy just turned and went, she's later, and walked back up. <laughs> back up, bitch! I'm Right, so we're like, so we're like, it was one each. And the ref blew for half time. Now, this is the bit that, that made, this is probably imprinted on me now when I think about what he did and, and, why, I, and why I love football, why I, I loved him and what he did for us. And, particularly like him and Johnny Bell, because they were all the same ethos. It was all about development, it was all about play, it was all about enjoyment. Don't worry about scores, worry about you. Can you play football? We all came off the pitch, right? So you're all going, you're just huddling in the wee bit. So Paul Connor went, um, right, everything over, quiet, get a drink of water. And I don't know if he did it on purpose, right? But he probably did, because he was a clever guy. So we, all, we were all kind of quiet. And we could just hear from the other side of the pitch, this coach, alarm. Bastin, these wee kids. Mm -hmm. So he's shouting them. This isn't acceptable. That team's never won a goal. Oh, even scored a goal. And you start picking up that trophy. You need, to, you need to show desire to get that. So he's quite loud. Nah. So we're all sitting there. <laughs> we all start giggling, right? <laughs> so we all start giggling, right? So Paul's like, shut up, right? So then he went, he said, right, okay, 
who's moving? Because we all move positions. And it was up to us. I mean, we all kind of yeah. could allow it. And I, I, I think Weedy, it might have been Weedy, because he, he was a big kind of leader. He went, do we, do we need to win the game? He went, well, we always swap positions, Paul. So we do it. Yeah. So there was a wee bit of to and fro, and he said, it's up to you. So a few of us did move. Not as many as normal, mm -hmm. but a few of us did yeah. shift. I, I, one of the boys went, I don't want to play right back anymore, neighbor or right war. So if they kind of moved, right, no problem. So we went into the game, and it was one of these, it just became, and we were getting a wee bit more confident. We were actually playing a couple of passes. So they bought a game's going on, right? And then the inevitable happened. They scored 2-1. Oh, man. Right? So their coach is going, this is better. Come on, hurry up, get in them. We get three and four now. Right? We get the ball up. David Gallagher goes in a wee bit of a run, gets into the penalty area, gets brought down penalty. Paul Gallagher takes the penalty, slots it away, no problem, two each. Their manager goes, Tonto. <laughs> right? So, so we're going, we could win this, right? So, must be about five minutes to go in the game or something. It was really late on. And um, they get a corner and it comes flying in. And nobody bothers. The ball bounces in the box and they score 3-2. So, oh, man. This is it. So, their manager goes absolutely ballistic. He shouldn't. You've got minutes to go. I want to see another couple at least. Get a Big lady lets out like a primeval scream. No! It's like, it's like the end of Rocky. You know what I mean? We are I'm like, oh, man. So, long story short, we, um, we take centre. It's like the Alamo. They come, they just come flying at us to try and get another goal. He's screaming at the side. They're like, Paul Connell's just kind of going, just keep playing, boys. You're all right. So, the next thing the ball gets... The ball goes to Big Reedy and he hits it as high as you've ever seen a ball hit in your life, right? And it's like it's snow on it, right? And it's one of those ones where I just go like that. I just see it and I start running and I see their centre back, you know, that way he's kind of pedalling back, right? And I'm thinking, he's going to miss that, right? So he's pedalling back and pedalling back and pedalling back and he jumps, he didn't know one of those ones where you just jump, he did it for no other reason than you, and, he, and it bounces behind him, right? So I just, I just tear off and I'm like that. But it's the only one where the, the goalie used to just on the line. Oh, right? Don't move. <laughs> he didn't even move. Right, so I'm... He done the... Position, <laughs> don't, move. don't move. Don't move. So I start running towards the, with the ball, right? And then I'm like that. What do I do? I'm just he doing just... <laughs> like just somebody's hitting my head, you know what I mean? <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. So I'm running and I look behind me and there's like everybody's chasing me now. Chasing like our team, their team, the whole lot, right? So I'm like that. So I look behind me and I'm like, oh no. So I'm just kicking the ball, and the next thing I look round, and their goalkeeper's now ran out. He's come for you. Right, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I just kept running, I just knocked the ball by him, right? And just kept running. <laughs> and I kind of ran by him, because I think he thought I would shoot. So I was like, and I just kept running, and I ran the ball right into the net, right? I literally, I literally didn't pass, I just ran it. Just and, ran I, and the net stopped me, and the next thing, everybody appeared, and it was three each. So we ended up... <laughs> The referee, as we were walking up, we were all laughing. It was like meant, and it was three each now. And as we walked up, the referee said to us on the way up, we went, that's it, it's over, guys. Uh, well done. And I went, what? He said, this game's over. So they played, it went. And I remember their manager going, mental. Mental. Just like, this is terrible and all that. Funniest bit about it was Reedy went and got the trophy. <laughs> I don't want to like pick up. Because you've But it was, you know I mean, it was, it was great. And I always remember that from, from, from a couple of things, mate. It, it, it was, why do you love football? 
It was that one iconic moment. And there's people in that team that I look back on now who, who was, and I, I meet some of them um, randomly if I'm out in Paisley sometimes, and they'll always say, that, that helped me, that made me. And I remember one, one boy in particular saying, that his dad, that was the first time his dad ever came to see him play, and he said he was so proud of him. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, we were rubbish, mm -hmm. but we had one moment in the sun that just, it didn't matter, we didn't win anything, we didn't, but it was our moment in the sun, and when we went back to the scout hall, Paul bought us all fish and chips, we all laughed about it, we all had a good bit of banter about it, we were all just, we were all just, and he, and to tie the whole story up, sorry mate, I know I've rambled on there, to tie the whole story up, we get back on the, on the Friday um, for, for the scout, the official scout meeting. Paul Connell, uh, for over the eight weeks, the whole Summer Cup, hasn't he mentioned a score? Hasn't he mentioned anything? <laughs> just kept saying we're doing well. And he, he said, look, I'd just like to really congratulate the boys. They've done really magnificent in, in, uh, sat in Saturday. They were brilliant. They're a credit to the unit. Da, 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 da. And I'd like to say, and I'm positive it was Stephen Lambie. If it, if it wasn't, I apologise to whoever was the goalkeeper. I just like to give special praise to you. Remember, this boy's lost uh, like 105 goals, uh, <laughs> right? Who has been brilliant because he played in. He never, he, he never he moved. Never moved. He, he kept, he kept going because nobody else wanted to play in yeah. it. And we kept, and Paul kept going. Look, this isn't fair. And he went, No, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with the Bob's <laughs> life. But, but he'd made a couple of saves in that particular game. And he said, I just like special praise because I think he has been brilliant for us. He's been in goals. He's been determined. Blah blah blah. And I think it's what the scout movement's all about. It's what we're all about. It doesn't matter. And I remember hearing those words floating over me and then me going, hi, he's right, he's right, we should. And, and he went, I think we should have a special round of applause for our, for our outstanding goalkeeper. And, and it was just that bit, he went, it wasn't about the result. It wasn't about the team was the best player. It wasn't about, it was about a guy who decided, I'll do this job uh, for the team. And, and it was just, it was just brilliant, mate. It was just brilliant. Well, you can't, you can't beat them moments. Mate. No, we used to play in. Uh, I was the youngest boy in the, the BB. Mm. Like you say, mm -hmm. we'd play at cut rigs, and I'd play there, and then I'd run up the hill, mm -hmm. play with my boys' club on the grass. So yep. just through the school up the hill, time to trip. Uh, and I always used to get up and the coach would be like, "How'd it go?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I know. <laughs> I know. Just launch. I know. Stuff. I know. And then the coach said, "Where do you play on the striker? Right, go to the back." No. I don't. I okay, no bother. And I, I can remember stoning some games, my hands and my hips like that. What is this? And my mom used to come and watch me, and then she'd walk up the hill. She's like, I can remember being like, right, hey, now you're actually going to get kicked your ball mm. and all that. And I'm thinking, did I know past me because I'm the smallest? Did I, I know past me because I'm the youngest? And then when my dad came to watch one day, he's like, they don't pass the ball. The ball is pretty to one end to the other. And, the other. and hence why we were delighted that we've moved the oh. game. So it was, uh, it was it was sad if you think about it. It's good memories, but size five is bigger than my boy. Ah, no. one, one boy could ah, mo, my boy could kick it as far up the pitch as he could. He was a he was a world beater. So no, yeah, boom, coming up, oh, that's the one time you got it right the side of the green. Like, oh, yeah, Pour cold water on it, make it worse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You went for the, when you grew up, you played in the juniors as well. Mm -hmm. You got a bad injury. Really bad one. Your, uh, no, well, that wasn't, the, that, was at, that was at uni. Was at university? That was at uni, mate. That was at uni, mate. Aye, that was at, that was at, that was at university. How, how did you get through that one? Because you're obviously doing your uni work and you're so, a broken leg. Aye, so, I mean, I, gosh, that's when I was, what, 20, 
728, so have I so I've moved I've moved I was living in Dundee at the time at uni. Um with the, with the one one bar heater. <laughs> couldn't we couldn't even put that on. Me and David Kennedy couldn't put the one bar heater on. Um so I've moved up there. Um I was trying to then fulfill the kind of dream of getting involved in sport health, something I just wanted away from the shipyards. Um so I was up there and we were in the health and sports science group and there was a sport coaching group and the, there was a wee bit of rivalry went on and then there was a, a couple of challenge matches. I think there was a seven-a-side one and then there was an 11-a-side one um, to go on. And um, it, was, it was coming up just to Easter. Now, I would have been in my, th- I would be in my third year at uni at that point. Um, so it was coming up to Easter. We were going to stop for Easter holidays and then we would have exams when we came back. And it was one of those ones where I think I was going back home. Oh, yeah, I would have been going back home with my mum for the Easter period and it was like a Thursday or Friday the game something like that and I was like oh, I can't really be bothered it was a cold wet day and I was like I can't really be bothered it was a, one of those old fashioned astroturfs so um, I long story short eventually one of the boys was like will you come and play I was like oh, I don't really want to play so on and so forth and ironically it was um, Mark Monroe who used to work here um, who's now chief exec at Scottish Athletics he was meant to come and ref, he was one of the tutors, but he, um, he binned it in the end, yeah. so we didn't have a ref, so it was one of these ones, we turned up, let's just play, and it got a wee bit feisty, but we were short, I think we had 10 players, so I was doing one of those where I'll, I'll play centre mid, but I'll play centre forward at the same time, <laughs> just running about, and then, so I didn't really want to play, I was a bit tired, I, I wasn't really concentrating the game, and of course, but then of course you get into the game, and I, I, I don't think I had shin guards on either, I think it was one of those ones, um, but you, once you start playing, yeah, your competitive yeah, edge yeah, comes yeah. out and you kind of just think and you win a cut attack and then it got a wee bit feisty and, yeah. and we scored, I think, so... You don't mind the tackle with it. Aye, you don't mind. I like a tackle, I like a tackle, aye. Um, so I went in to try and win this ball and as I say, it was old, and I think I had mouldies in, it was old, very, very old Astro and my studs got stuck. And the boy came across... To, to try and win the ball, so my f- and I came, my momentum took me forward, but my foot never left, and I basically just crashed right across him, and I broke my fib and my tib, and fractured my ankle all in one go, so I basically st- I always remember it, and again it shows you the, the kind of camaraderie of sport and the football and everything, I kind of somersaulted over him, landed flat on my face, and my big mate Keith came running up, big lumpy boy, exit a big boxer, and he just, I went like, pushed myself up, and he just went like, I just remember the power of this big hand going, don't move. And I couldn't, I was literally pinned to the ground. And I was like, what is it? And then the pain just kind of just, uh, up your body. Up, and as Keith said, he said, what he'd seen was a fly through there, I landed, so I landed flat, face down, but my foot was pointing the wrong way. Uh, and he just went like, stay, do not move. Uh, and I went, and then I could, and then he was like, and I was like, oh my God, my leg's killing me. And he went like, don't move. And the next thing, they brought jackets over, phoned the ambulance. Keith just sat and held my horn. So he, he was kind of like just, I mean, it was it was agony. I mean, I just was like, I was in so much pain. And, um, but then the ambulance came and, and all the boys, but it's just, again, it's just this kind of camaraderie, isn't it? Just everybody turned up, went to the hospital, got pinned. So I get pinned, I get pins put in it, got out, um, and then... Uh, I, I, I 
went and I went back home to recover. But <laughs> then I, um, of course, I had an exam like five weeks later, if, if that makes sense. So I was kind of off for a few weeks. And the next thing I get an email through from one of my tutors because obviously it kind of filtered back. Because yeah. um, we were being study leave, I would be doing study leave as well. So we did two weeks Easter Hall and then we were doing study leave. And um, come back saying, it's okay, we've deferred you. I says, so I phoned her, I said, what you deferred me for? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you've broke your leg and we've deferred your exam. I says, I'll come up and do my exam. She said, but you... I says, don't worry about it, I'll, I'll get myself up. So I remember, I, can't, I think one of the boys, I think Keith might have drove me up. And I went and I sat the exam when, because it was like I was can walk, I was in crutches and stuff. But it just I think it was just that determination of, of of going through. So then the recovery process kicked in, and it was a long one. That was it was always 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 laugh. It shows you the difference of your recovery. Um, the next day, I broke my leg, and then the next day, so it must have been the Tuesday, because the next day, Stylian Petrov breaks his leg playing against St Johnston. Yeah. He started the season. He started the season in August. So he, I always remember seeing the pictures. I'm lying in Ninewells Hospital, right? Uh-huh. He breaks his leg. He's out walking with a boot, right? I'm still lying in a bed with pins in me. <laughs> he starts the season. It took me probably at the turn of the year to even, I mean, so I'm probably talking about another five months on top of, with the exact same injury. Um, but it's, it, of course, it's fitness and it's everything else. But um, aye, that was a, it was a long, it was a long, Comeback. It was a long how, comeback. How's that mental for you, mate? Because obviously you spoke about struggling with dyslexia and stuff like that, and not so much struggling. You pulled through it, but did you know at that point that you were dyslexic? You when I was at university. University stuff. And that? Um, well, I, of course, I knew I was dyslexic through high school, yes. and when I went to, that was the reason of of coming out of the shipbuilding. I think it was one of those ones to try and follow that. That particular dream, the, 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 my father taking his own life, um, struggling, not struggling, but just kind of just staring into stars sometimes, particularly when you're sitting in a boat thinking, yeah. do you know what I mean? And then you're right, you, you go back and you think about those European nights, as you'd mentioned, and you think about the five-year-old that you wanted to kind of captain Scotland to win the World Cup, yeah. and, and you kind of sit and you think, you, your dreams have went, you've kind of went, God, man, I, 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 I wish I had... Done that, and in between all that, I had been playing football and I'd really, really enjoyed it. And I remember all these kind of moments always coming in, and and then um, I was lucky because my my path kind of crossed with a few people, but in particular um, Tony Fitz, Tony Fitzpatrick was the, and I knew him um, was a community officer at St Mon. and I'd kind of started doing a wee bit of voluntary coaching with him, and I thought, I wonder if he could do something in this mm-hmm. in this industry. Um, and that's where I decided I'd leave and go back to to college, which was a struggle. You know what I mean? I'm not going to deny it was yeah. it, it was tough because I left from I left from a, a shipbuilding industry. I had left school in 1990. This is now 1998 or 99 or something like that. Um, and the internet to get created, emails to be created, I had no idea, I'm trying to put a stamp on an email and stuff like <laughs> that, you know what I mean? And um, you're into an industry now going, I wonder, I wonder if you, if you can get back. Um, but I was, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed like the studies in there and, and a, a big testimony to, 
to Tony Fitz and a guy called Stuart McBean there and Total Soccer that you know yeah. you know of yourself, buddy. But they, I, I remember, remember going and asking them to, is there anything I can do? And, and they got me involved in some coaching, the summer stuff. Aye, aye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we, 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 I just, I, all of a sudden you just got in and it was just like you would, I remember volunteering for them. Um, and then, then they were like, right, okay, there's a number of school sessions you can take. So every, particularly when I was at college, I've, I think probably every every day I would be doing a, school, a couple of school sessions every day, um, holiday camps, after ones, the development centres that you talk about, um, doing a bit of, it was just, it was just good stuff and it, it was just good fun, do you know what I mean? It was just, I was just like, this is, even though you were, I mean, you probably got paid about a pound an hour, mind you, and Fitzy, but, and Stuart, but they, they looked after me, I mean, they kind of gave me opportunities, I remember they let me, um, they put me in charge of running a, a five-a-side league at, at uh, Pro Life down at, um, down in, uh, near, near the, the football stadium, and it was just these opportunities they, they just took on you, but also there were, there were guys that had been through the game, and they were, they were good contacts, and they helped me, and they kind of guided me, and when I spoke to them, they go, go and get a try. Go and, go and just get a, get a chance. So, um, aye, and then and then they, they, they started on the, the kind of bringing the kind of elite players in and, and doing and that's when I kind of went, wow, this is this is tough. I, mean, I think Big McWater came in, Norman McWater came in and coached yeah. at that time as well with them. They had a few others, um, and and it was this kind of bit where probably uh, pro youth and club academy and all that was just starting, yeah. if you know what I mean. So it was just this kind of era. Of there, where people were looking for those kind of opportunities, um, so there was, and it was, it was. Good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and the chances they took on me, and that was probably a good, a good five, six years of my life, just doing just random sessions. Going, oh God, we're in the school again, aren't we? Uh, uh, piano in the corner. Oh, aye, shoving the piano out. <laughs> Here's wee Jimmy doesn't want to be here, isn't yeah. it? Into the wee boy would never want to be there, and oh, but it was good. It was good, and it was good grounding. Uh, it made me appreciate how hard you had to work, um, and I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And, and it was it was a learning curve because you made mistakes. Mm -hmm. You would turn up and have the best session in the world, and it be a disaster zone. And as you say, you turn up and you think, right, okay, we're in this gym hall, and we've been in this gym hall for that. And you turn up, and the teacher, oh, I'm really sorry, gym hall's getting used for. Can you use the other one? You go to another one. It'd be a bit, about the size of your kitchen table. You go, oh my goodness, a bit better just play a numbers game. And sit and you be, numbers. Go, <laughs> right, everybody with the bat and sit. Number thirty-four v thirty. <laughs> like this is bonkers. But it made you, it made you appreciate the hard work it went in, and the the bit about that about when looking back, you had all these wee young kids who would look up to you, enjoy it, come up and say thank you. Parents would say that to you at the end of. Particularly the holiday camps when you've had maybe had a, a child there one all week, but sometimes we would run them back to back. So you may have a child there for two, three weeks that, that you've seen, and, and you would just, and just to get that kind of bit at the end when you're trying to dismantle the Samba goals with the 400 bits, the 400 bits then putting the ball, and then some, and a parent would come up and just go, Look, can I just thank you? Son or daughter has loved this this week. Yeah, I've really, I just can't thank you enough. They're smiling, they're talking about it, they're getting out of their bed, they want to come here. And I think that was the bit that that resonated with me and it resonates with me all the time about 
the fun, the enjoyment you have to give. Yeah. The, it's not about, and I go back then, and that's the bit that always comes in, the wee hamster wheel always spins, about what Paul Connell talked mm-hmm. about, playing for the Scouts. Yeah. It didn't matter. It mattered when we did we feel good about ourselves. So if that wee child can leave and go, and go up the road and go, it was good, and that's why you used to always do the kind of fun bits mm-hmm. at the very end and make sure that everybody left with a... A smile on their face, smiling and happy, and go up the road and feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we forget that the negativity we put on on the children is is quite. And we, we speak about that, why the eleven aside game is it was the wrong format, and people should be ashamed of themselves if they continue to do that for eight and nine year olds. Because one, they're not playing, they're not getting a kick in the ball, they're not enjoying it. It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. Whereas. You make the game appropriate for them. You make it fun. You make them enjoy it, and 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 then they grow and develop. And that and that was a good ground. And I, I I cannot thank Stuart and Tony for what they did at that at that period of my life. Um, just looking after me, really. Yeah. Just looking after me, isn't it? There's two bits on that one for me. I'll I'll never forget the because I'm local. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We always used to either go to Bali or to and we were lucky enough to have uh, David Ock and Kenny, the local mm-hmm. boys who mm-hmm. took care of mm-hmm. us. And it was always, like, let's make it impressive. And then, um, we put a safety Robert Pitt. Mm-hmm. I can remember running home one day and saying, my dad, that we can't show the Rangers videos, taking <laughs> us for coaching. And he's like, we'll enjoy it. He says, ask him how many shimmy ups he can do. I'm like, that was a shimmy. I didn't know what I said. Aye, aye, aye. So we, I said to other boys, I'm like, I'm not asking him about shimmy ups. I tell you what, it took up a whole lunch here. <laughs> Sounds like Raph, isn't it? That's Raph. Raph, Raph, Raph is shinny up world champion. Shinny up world champion. So I'm looking at him, brilliant. And then I think he knew some of were a wee bit better than others. And he'd come and say, right, you're doing two touch, you're doing. And at first we were like that. What's he doing that for? We just wanted mm. to play football. But it was to give the younger ones a bit of a chance. Oh, but sometimes it was the older ones a chance. Aye. But also to challenge us and see if he's going to play. And, that, and that, that's... They had to, they even that had to explain it. Because we think, well, who's this guy? Aye. Aye. I know he's an ex-football player, but... Usual screen boys, isn't it? Right. And it was it's good stuff and I think it just it was good grounding me. I think that was the, the bit. It was good grounding, good lessons learned. One about you turning up and your timekeeping for your own self and yes. making sessions work and the equipment wasn't there and building up samba goals. You couldn't turn up but two minutes before the session because you had to build these samba goals and um going into gym halls. Do you know what I mean? It was just Good, good grounding, good experience. I loved it better. It taught you a lot. And and the lessons you learned from that kind of come back here. And, and I don't forget those lessons that that it, it, it grounded me and think about, fundamentally think, what did you feel about the game, Joe? The stuff that I'm lucky enough, I went to school with James Grady, was a couple of years above me. But, but what Johnny Bell done for us, mm-hmm. he, was, he was all about positivity uh, I mean I always say this to people I didn't know I was rubbish at football mm-hmm. because Johnny Well never made it I apparent and, and that helped me stay mm-hmm. in the game because if he'd shouted and bowled at me I might have went the other way mm-hmm. but he made everything fun he made everything positive he made everything small side. we were playing three t- we were playing sorry three aside in a gym hall two minutes and off or two goals and off winner stays on you're all three games back to back on your off and it was just a rotation and and if you think about that I mean now you're talking well well into the early 80s I mean you're talking 20 plus year ago no that's longer nearly 30 years ago longer than that so um, aye they were just good mate they were just good people 
you know, just good people. Aye, that, that takes me on to the second point when you're talking about the grounding. People might have heard earlier when I say 11 years, but I'd known you when I was at college. Yep. You used to come in and you gave us a chat about grabbing a sandwich and a Mars bar running out <laughs> and this lovely way front of curly hair that you had with a black suit on. <laughs> yeah, you didn't grab my mother's back on it, but you did, because you'd experienced it all, and it wasn't until you get a chance to actually sit and talk to you, and you're like, ah, right, okay, and then you took that chance on me, yep. a few years later, what a gamble that was, by the way. That was, that was, <laughs> what a gamble you that took, was a, That was the biggest gamble, wasn't it? It was bigger than Tory Andre Flo for Rangers, wasn't it? That was gamble, 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 wasn't it? That was the, the fundamentals of what we try and do and what we try and establish. And, and if you look at what I'm saying in terms of Paul Connell helped us, he gave back to the community. Johnny Bell gave back to the community. I was lucky, you mentioned a few of them, like Eddie Devine when I was at St Peter's, Dougie Ballantyne when I was at um, Barhead, um, Jimmy Chalmers when I was at Fergusley, Mick Cairns and Charlie Henderson and Big Peony when I was at Paisley. So the, the people will always give back. So when I look at what we try to do, um, when it was we, Brian McLaughlin, myself, Danny, um, and there we were always thinking about how can we help that next generation because we'd all came from that. So Danny and I went to college and uni, Brian's came through as an ex-player, so we were always speaking about what we need to go and inspire, we need to go and step out there. And you're right, I mean, the things that, that, that you talk about is, is, is the events and the things we used to ask you to do because we yeah. just used to throw you under the bus and go, right, go and see if you can get out. So I'm thinking about the ones like when we challenged you to go and do um, the, 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 the Christmas events. Yes. And then you were like, right, no problem, what we got? Yep, you've got, um, you've got, where, where, where do we do it? Doing it at the Kelvin Grove, wasn't Kelvin it? Grove. Kelvin Grove. Kelvin Grove, is it? So we've done it at Kelvin Grove, and I always remember that, throwing that at you, right? You're Kelvin Grove, oh, yeah, we've got the five-year cycles, we've got the five-year cycles. And I remember we took the phone call, no, no, the five-year cycles are, are all booked. What? They're all booked. And was it a tea dance on or something? We, we went to, it was all booked, wasn't it? And we're like, right, okay, what have we got? We'll give you the running track. Like, oh my god! So we went doing <laughs> oh like, my god. beams and cranes and everything. We're like, oh my god! And do you know something? We just stood in the middle and went, right, we only adapt because we had to adapt when we were back. We were like, right, so on you go. And I always remember you, you pulled it out. You were you were one of the, the kind of coordinators for that along with along with Fitzy. Uh, Paul Fitzpatrick has no Tony Fitz, um, <laughs> just in case everybody starts wondering. But you did it. You managed to make that, and I think. That kind of conveyor belt allowing you to to kind of go through, and you're right. Then you, then you then we we say, well, can you you go and do that? And it's a journey for you. Absolutely. You know I mean it's a journey for you, and we've got it. Ah, and we've got it. One support that journey, but also no spoon feed. You know what I mean there's yeah. times when you yeah. you admitted that you've went, ah, I've 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 dropped the ball here, mm. and we've we'll have to go right. You have, so yeah. you'll need to learn how you're going to do that. How are you not going to do that again? Absolutely. And I think that learning cover watching your journey through, yeah, difficult periods where we have to then support you, but difficult periods where we have to go, well, we're not going to cut the umbilical cord here, we man. Yeah. But that's what football is about. That's what the sport's about. That's what we try and do and we try and support and we see you. And, and you, you've now grown into a fine young man. Yes. Isn't it? Fine young man. Isn't it? Fine young man. We've got a family now, so you, so you see things from a different angle. But that's, the, that's that kind of football family and you and you give back you go and coach I mean I know we and you have spoke about that just that balancing act yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. when you're going right do I need to be out of the house doing all this versus versus my family and so on and so forth so I think that's the bit that that we we always want to go and say 
say any young person we've got coming into the industry or or into anything is dream big, believe in yourself, we'll help and support you, but you're going to have to come into something that, that you're going to have to go and do the hard, long yards that we all have had to do, which is which is taking teams, which is doing that. And, and I, I still do it to this day. I still take my son's football team. And it's a, it's a, it's, it, it's a roller coaster. Because even with bags of experience, I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think to myself, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing some days. Yeah. I, I just, you know what I mean? I know. But it is. But you're thinking, right, okay, you're now in there and you want to give everybody a game and you want to look after everybody and you think, how do you do it? And, 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 and it's, and it certainly made me think, and I think that's the bit that you mentioned there, is about uh, when I started all those years ago, just starting to volunteer, coming from a shipyard into starting to do stuff, I had, I had a big learning curve to go on. So Tony and Stuart and all these people around about me helped me and, and guided me and, and supported me. Rob Kilty and Houston, when I was at college, kind of helped and guided me. But I dropped stuff, I made mistakes, and I kind of picked myself up and I went again. And you have to do that to, to learn. So you had to do that to learn. And I probably look at that bit, and, and it's the bit that I look at from my job point of view, but also from, from the volunteering. I forget that I've been doing this for years. I forget that engaging with young people is what I've done, yeah. or what I do, or, or what I enjoy. I'm not the greatest coach in the world, but I'm a bit of a comedian, and I'm a bit of a kind of fun time kind of guy and I I, (laughs) poor comedian but I just I just I just like to keep the energy going so I might not be the greatest coach in the world that's somebody else's job but I I want to get but then you look at you're asking somebody to come in and volunteer who's never volunteered in their life who the only reason that they they know children is because they've got them (laughs) do you know what I mean and they're no use to things and you're thinking set up drills go and do that and you look around and you think and you think, oh my goodness, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but they're brilliant human beings. And the, the guys in, uh, that I coach with, I think there's about 12 of us at the, at, at the club, and at our one age group, they're, they're just brilliant. They give up so much time, but they're just mums and dads. Yeah. That's all they are on a pitch, yeah. trying their best on, on a, a, and going, does this work? And, and, and going, why, 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 why can't they do a cross diagonal pass? Because <laughs> they can't tie their lace. Yeah. But it's it's tough, and it, yeah. and it, and it's it's thing. And I, I love the, the the guys that I I'm involved with at, at my son's wee age group because they are they're just the salt of the earth. They just want to make a difference, and that's kind of replicated across mm-hmm. the whole of Scotland. But very similar to what you mentioned, yeah, yeah. how do we support? Mm-hmm. How do we help? How do we we go? No, they're not going to stop. No, it's, it, honestly, it's when you actually sit back and look at it, and I think I'm old enough and mature enough now to look at it and have a family, as you mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. which I always told you I was never going to have. <laughs> um, but it's about having good people run about you, yeah, to be honest with you. You need good people, and I've been fortunate when I was at college to have that. Yeah. They took care of me, and probably living in the ring world, and I clubs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff, and mischief following you about, um, and then obviously coming into work and it was like a new thing for me it was wow close to, to a chance on me you don't really want to just back to America for playing football and coaching <laughs> I knew Danny uh, for a previous life and he actually took us at Bowler and yeah. and I just knew Brian for the Panini sticker but, nah, no, no. but he's well, a great guy but, uh, but that's but that's, that's how the journey started but that's the journey that's the journey that everybody takes on 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 anything we do and it, it's you're right it's the pinch points and it's the bit that you now yeah. 
have to do, I have to do, we all have to do, is the pinch points that we play in somebody's life. And you don't realise it. You don't realise it. So I always say that, that, that particularly probably taking my, probably probably looking at that from taking my son's age group now, but also to coaching at schools. I mean, some days I would have been, I would have had a part-time job somewhere, so I probably was working in a bar somewhere. I, I, I was probably um, going to college. Didn't have a car, probably was cycling somewhere, trying to get a bus. But when you hit that primary school... Some of your favourite stories are you cycling? I know. <laughs> <obviously. laughs> yeah, okay, but when you hit that primary school door mm-hmm. and you have to take that session, every, it's no, not one of those children... Have made your life a bad day. No, it's every day. So you have to walk through that and leave everything at the door, and that's the hardest thing in the world for people to realise. Because I still see people sometimes, going, and I've had a bad day, and ah, and it's and they blame other people, and, and and you go, well, maybe it's not the right industry for you to work in. Yeah. Um, and that's the bit that I always think is it's none of their fault, and we have to do better, and we have to be doing that. And I look back, and where has that came? That's came from. Johnny Bell being positive. Johnny Bell saying, look, you're going to be okay. And that was against teachers being horrendous to me, screaming in my face, physically abusing me, mentally abusing me. Do you know what I mean? So it's a tough upbringing, you know what I mean? And it wasn't nice. But on the other side of that, here you've got Johnny Bell pulling you back up and putting you in a football pitch and going, you'll be all right. Malky, who, who helped us take... Uh, um, who helped us take uh, the, 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 the football team after that, Paul Connell at... Um, and all the other guys at the scouts again helping you being positive and thinking about it you, you move on then to Eddie Devine and always remember and Eddie Devine's a, a local councillor now and I always talk about Gurila Highway because I had I had kind of maybe not fell out with love the game but I was going through a real tough period in my life I was only a young teenager and they just went you'll get a game of football don't, don't worry about it and being positive again and, and the guys there Taggy and some of the other boys that played with me then were all good people and all that imprints on you. You mean when I went to Barhead to play Doogie Ballantyne, I always remember I turned up to play with Barhead and he went, is it because you're too small? <laughs> and I remember just nodding and he went, yeah, you're not too small for me, wee man, just run on that pitch and run about. And, and that, you mean those, but those positive moments in your life is the, the things that you talk about and the things that we always try to say. So when you talk about your journey, we have yeah. to give you that. We have to say, yeah. let's, let's look after you, let's take a chance on you, let's do that. And I, I would encourage everybody to think like that mm-hmm. do you know what I mean because it's, it's a magical sport you talk about the European nights yeah. you, you talk about scoring goals I talk about Big Reedy hitting that free kick that day but all of that is, is that moment in your life where the negativity can go away mm-hmm. and the positivity can come and when you get older and when you look back you think that was a sliding door theory that was that when that door opened and I could mm-hmm. step through and my life was a wee bit better. So when you yeah. talk about Graham Ritz coming down and doing that to you, it's a moment where you might not have thought about it at the time, but it's definitely imprinted on oh, you. It's there, and right? it's made you feel better about yourself. Yeah. So, you, so you go through that journey of your life. Um, and for me, that's all I try and do now. And it's hard because I look around about and, and people still worry about results. And I, I speak to other clubs and coaches and they all worry about these things. But you've got to remember that a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old boy or girl, and you you coach and you've done very well because you've won an award. Congratulations on that! Mm-hmm. But um, still, don't believe it. I know, <laughs> but but it's well done, and it's, it does does deserve a pat on the back. But what you do is that child that might be the one moment in their life mm-hmm. 
that life is all right. Yeah. And they might be going back, not to a horrendous home life, but maybe just challenging environments from school, yeah. from their family life, from whatever. But that one moment that you imprint on them should be a positive experience. Absolutely. Because if it isn't, then they might just go off the rails. And I've seen so much yeah. of that over my life. So it's, 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 it is about us trying to be as positive Absolutely. as we can. It's, um, I can remember coming speaking to you years ago and saying I actually wanted to get involved in coaching, coaching and get a wee dabble on it. And I told you for ages I didn't want to do it. And then I was like, oh, can I have a word? And you're like, oh, what's he going to say to me? <laughs> what's coming out of his mouth now? And I said to you, and your word for go for it. I, you, go, you, just go for it and see what you can do. And I went in at under nines or 11s and mm-hmm. I was like, bloody hell, what is this, man? <laughs> Teaching people how to tie their laces and I can't ah. tie my own laces to strap shoes. <laughs> Stance with <laughs> straps on them. So it was, uh, it was interesting and we see them girls now grow up and two of them made their debuts for the first team last night, which is that's what you're there for. You're that that, that there is. People. Yeah, that's it. You, it is, and, it, and, it, and it's about trying to help as much as we possibly can and remembering that, as you say, that child and you're, you're, now, a, you're now a father. So, so you know, you know that we've got to put the, we've got to put the child. We've got to understand, and this is when my bit of my socialism kicks in from my father. But that that bit about nothing should be determined by our 15, 20 minute taxi drive home from hospital. Nothing should be determined yeah. by that, but a lot is, and some young people just don't get the best start. Not for any other reasons than that's just the society they live in, and maybe maybe we can just help them out. Somebody done it for me way, way back. Somebody went and took a chance, as you mentioned about the things. Somebody took a chance on me. Somebody helped me. Somebody took a wee bit more, put an arm around me, maybe gave me a pair of boots, maybe done something for me, but that helped. And then as you moved on from that, you got in, somebody else picked you up. And when you were low, and and I've spoke openly honest about that, Mm -hmm. that when my father committed suicide, the, the people round about me were the people who I met in football. And, and as I've got older, those people are just, they are the salt of the earth. They're, they're, they're now people who you can relate back to. And if there's ever a moment in your life that you're going, they are, and this is a bit of a nightmare for me, they are the ones that you can turn to. Because they've been through thick and thin. You've known them for years. You've been in dress rooms. You've been in buses to Campbelltown with them. You just love them. But I think our football community, if we do be a wee bit more front-facing and, and understand that we make a difference. And if we can be a community that doesn't get hung up on some of the negativity and maybe some of the negative comments that are made to a child, oh, when you hear it and you think, oh, God, wow, it was a fight at a game, the game was abandoned. What? We're nine. <laughs> so I think if we can all pull back slightly and go, Let, let's remember that this is about them. Mm-hmm. Let them go and play. Let them go and enjoy themselves. Let's help them out. Because if we do that, we can make a wee bit more air-rounded society. And, and I speak personally about that because I think if it hadn't been for football, I certainly would have went down the wrong road. I certainly would have went down. And I probably would have followed people who got up to a bit of mischief and quite a degree of mischief, if I'm being brutally honest. And I probably would have been a sheep. Yeah. But I was lucky enough that I got into something. I think my dad pushed me that way and nudged me that way and when I was in it that meant on a Friday night you were getting ready so we've got to be positive and, and taking chances as you say and if yeah. we do it we, we, make, we make the world a wee bit better place definitely it's um, 
you saying there, your dad nudged you in it. I think mine done that subconsciously. Just mm-hmm. taking me to a game, letting me watch it on the I'll have a look, what is this? As you say, mm-hmm. the floodlights at Ellen Road when I watch Rangers playing Leeds League. Yep. What? Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. It's about taking them chances. And Absolutely. The one for me, you know, I've had this conversation with players recently, it's about having that bit of belief in them, giving them Aye. that freedom. Yeah, That's, absolutely. Albeit, wasn't we were in football players. You've done that for me. A pleasure. You, you helped me in terms of, right, let's pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. go for it. Yep. And I went through hell. I went yep. hell and back. Mm-hmm. And you didn't need to, but you helped me. That's what we do. You put that arm around me and said, <laughs> right, I'm going to help you, but let's try and get our concentration no. back. Let's try and do this. And, and for one time, I probably listened. I thought, right, he doesn't want to help me. He's no at it. He wants to help me. Um, yeah, he's going to put up with my crap jokes and my stories <laughs> and vice versa. We'll do it for each other. That's what society's about, mate. And that... It was that the community we had. Well, but that's what society is about. Absolutely, but but I think most people have to, and, and you you were one of them. You went through a hard time, as you quite admit to, and but as 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 a society, if we put the hand of friendship out, um, and, and, and we do more of that, we make the world a better place. And and, and sometimes we have to pause, and sometimes yeah. we have to look in that reflective mirror, as mm-hmm. I say to you, and say, look, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I think a lot of us, and that's why I talk about the the people and, and what we do in that local community. We've got to make a difference. We've got to engage better. Uh, but we've also got to be be a wee bit kinder. Mm-hmm. Be a wee bit kinder. As my mum always says to me, have you done your best? Aye, I've done my best, yeah. mum. Have you worked hard? Yep, have you worked hard? Are you smiling? Yep. Neighbour, well, I can't ask any more than that. Absolutely. And if we all do that, and we all live by these kind of golden principles, yeah. do you know something? The world will be a better place. Absolutely. But we'll, we'll, we'll calm it down a bit. We'll get there. Well, we'll try and come We'll get there. We'll get there, mate. We'll get there. Last bit, because I know you're a yep. time maker, the busiest man in the world. <laughs> I used to look at your diary every day and we're going to explode. We might murder him. Don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. It's just that you were speaking there, and I know for me, certainly, music's a massive part of it. I'm yep. a big fan myself. So, what you got on the jukebox? Mm. What you listen to now? Oh, I've not actually listened to anything, mate. I think I've. Oh, there's not, there's not really anything at the moment in time. I'm probably regressing, but well, I, well, I do, I, I do listen to. I know he's he's very close to you, a bit of Jerry Cinnamon at the moment yes. in time. I do love him. I do love him. I think he's, I think he, he, he writes quite from the from the heart. So, I, I, I think, I think probably more, more, more about a, a Jerry, a Jerry Cinnamon um, uh, type stuff. Do you know something? Uh, you're you're going to laugh at this. <laughs> I, go, I go to training on a Friday night with a wee man, right? <laughs> we come out of training, right? And we stick, we stick the, the old... Because when we go, right? So this, this, this is... I'm way off on a tangent, mate. Apologies. Uh, so we go to training on a Friday, right? So Mars bar in the mouth, so it's, it's half six. So we get in the motor, we fill the motor up. We get in the motor because we've got to be there um, before half six to set up. So we man, unfortunately, doesn't get longer to watch YouTube. So we get in <laughs> and it's super scoreboard on, yeah. right? So we drive, we super scoreboard on, right? So we man's like, oh, this is great, right? So it's silence in the motor. Yeah. We man's just listening to Gordon Duncan, and, right? So we get there, neighbour. We come out, so Radio Clyde's on. Motor's filled out and we come out and what's on? Do you know what's on when we come out? Yeah. The GBX, yes. <laughs> right? So it's back, in the, it's back in the day. It's back, it takes me back. So it takes me back to the Institute in Paisley um, Club 30. <laughs> places like that. And it's now really funny because I now listen to GBX all the time. So I'm, and honestly, as the years go on, so she was nearly that fuck, but it gets... Turned up. Oh, it gets turned up. And we're getting it loudy. Coming back. A GBX bouncing. So 
Oh, we got me. Oh, this one's on me, my momo, momo. And then, and then, of course, he does a, a cover of of uh, Jerry Smith and Caesar Belter. Um, and of course, we just go. That, that's it. We think, oh, we'll drive by the house, we mammo. Yeah, a couple of Julie's lap. Where have you been? Oh, and anyway, we are we folding goals. Um, so, so no, no, still, still, still that, still probably, um, still that, still, still love. Uh, a bit of Oasis, but I probably anyway. I've got a bit of a eclectic mix, isn't I? Um, doing that. So no, no. I definitely, if 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 the old, if, if I'm not listening to a, a podcast, which I listen to quite considerably, I, I have to admit a wee bit of Jerry Cinnamon gets me through the day. Uh, but the GBX is now mortaled its way <laughs> back into us. It's made us. It's made a comeback. And it? it's made a comeback. But two, two unlimited. Oh no, no, sorry, TTF. Want to make a comeback? I'll be, I'll be more than delighted. Yeah, I'll be more than delighted. I'll be, I'm more than delighted to be one of the dancers. So that, that's, that's where I am, my friend. That's where I am, my friend. I thought you were going to be seen in the crowd, my dancer. Oh, I'm up on the stage. Oh no, oh no. I think, I think you come through those things where you think, do you know something? You throw off the ties and you go, do you know something? I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. If, if, I'm if, 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 if it's a call, if TTF want to make a comeback, I'll, I'll be a backing dancer. <laughs> Let's see if we can make that happen. TTF, Middle Hamden Park. Let's do it. Let's do it. It has been a pleasure, mate, and a pleasure. Thank you, mate. It's always always good to see you, buddy. Always good. Give my rocks up, baby